welcome to Weight Loss for Dentists. I'm Dr. Natanya Brown, a board-certified endodontist and certified life and weight coach. I'm on a mission to help dentists live at their goal weight without relying on deprivation or willpower or even intense workouts. If you want to start making more mindful choices so that you can lose weight permanently and have fun in the process, you're in the right place. Hey, hey, friends, welcome back. How has the start of your 2023 been going? Are you back in the swing of things? And I'm curious if you made a resolution to lose weight, how is that going? Well, before I dive into today's, into today's topic, a um, little update with me, some exciting news. We got a puppy. She's an Australian Labradoodle mini, um, which means that right now she's three pounds, but she should be about 20 pounds when she gets big. She is the cutest little fluff ball ever right now. Um, but I have to say, I do not think I was fully prepared for the amount of work a puppy is. It's truly like having a newborn baby all over again. And it is super fun, but it's definitely exhausting at the same time. And I'm optimistic that it will get easier um, over time. Anyway, um, no doubt I'm already finding ways that, you know, dog ownership and puppy training has parallels with weight loss. Um, I mean, by now you probably know me, I can <clears throat> truly draw inspiration from all areas of life and parallels with weight loss to pretty much anything. So I know I'm going to have some pretty funny stories to share with you in future episodes, um, about this puppy and all the life lessons that I'm learning. Also, just really quick, I should just quickly give you a disclaimer. Um, today has been an insane day. My kids have had the day off from school due to some kind of a storm that knocked out the power. Um, although outside it actually looks totally fine. So between my kids and the puppy that should hopefully be napping this whole time, but might not be, there most likely will be some kind of noises, squawking, hollering, barking in the background at some point during this episode. So if you hear anything, you have properly been warned, but the show must go on. So let's get into today's topic. Okay. So you overeat. Now what? It's the worst, right? It just feels kind of icky. Now, back in episode 36, I talked about how to prevent overeating. And in today's episode, I really want to focus more on you know, what do you do once you've overeaten? Uh, and today I'm breaking it down into my top four tips for what to actually do once you've overeaten. So without further ado, here we go. First of all, number one, it starts by noticing when you overeat. And, you know, that part doesn't feel so great because sometimes we'd rather be in denial, right? But instead, what I'm asking you to do is really just pay attention. How does it feel when you overeat? Now, for most of us, when we notice that we've overeaten, we feel just physically not so great. Maybe we feel bloated. Maybe we feel tired. Maybe we have a lack of energy. We feel heavy. Maybe we're lacking mental clarity. Maybe it can even make it hard for you to sleep. Now, you know, if you're super, super full, you might even have like some GI issues, heartburn, constipation, diarrhea. Nobody likes to talk about these things, but these things happen, right? So, you know, there's the short-term effects of overeating, and then there's also like how you're going to physically feel over the next 6, 12, 24 hours, and I want you to pay attention to these things. 
you know, we're quick to enjoy foods and we have this thought, like so many of us, we've been taught to think that more food equals more enjoyment from the food. But when we remember that too much food, you know, like what too much food actually does to us, we're more likely to pay attention while we're actually eating so that we can prevent it from happening and kind of be proactive. But anyway, back to the idea that, okay, you overate. So now what? Well, you notice when you overate. Now you might be thinking, yeah, duh, that's really easy. I got step one, like down pat, no problem. I know when I overeat. Okay. But don't underestimate the importance of actually acknowledging it. Right. And what happens is most of us automatically go to a place of beating ourselves up. But this brings me to step number two, which is what I want you to do is to not beat yourself up. Okay. This really doesn't help anybody. When we beat ourselves up, we think that we're not capable of changing. We might have, like, we might think to ourselves, like, well, I have to scold myself and I have to beat myself up and I have to feel ashamed so that I'll behave, behave better next time. Okay. But all we're actually doing is that we're creating this dynamic where we don't really trust ourselves and we don't really like ourselves and we're ashamed of our mistakes. And we're not really treating ourselves with compassion, okay? Like, I want you to think about a patient that's not flossing, like at all, okay? And at every appointment, you tell them to floss, and then they come back, and they still aren't flossing. I want you to imagine if you were to yell at them and be like, oh my gosh, you good-for-nothing patient. I've told you so many times to floss, and you're still not flossing, okay? Imagine that. You'd be judging them harshly. And then, you know, they're either going to start to, you know, maybe they'll decide that they're going to go to a different dentist, or they might even start lying to you and telling you that you're uh, telling you that they are flossing. Now, obviously, you'd be able to tell if they aren't or are, right? But the bottom line is if you scold the patient, they're not going to enjoy coming to see you, you know? And instead, you know, what happens if instead of judging them and scolding the patient, what happens if you just stopped and asked them questions about what they think about flossing? Like, you know, do they think it's important? Of course, they know that you think flossing is important, but it's actually really important to find out whether they think it's important. Ask them why they're not flossing, you know, how they might think that they could gradually get in the habit of it if they really want to prioritize it, for example. There's a whole bunch of other follow-up questions that you might even have for them. And you will only get to them if you're not that judgmental and preachy with them, but instead really open and curious and compassionate. And I dare say, loving towards them. If you're compassionate and loving towards your patients, they're going to be more likely to tell you the truth about a situation. And then you will, you know, the two of you will probably make some progress figuring out how you can actually help to empower and enable that patient to floss. Okay. So I want you to use these same principles with yourself. If you're beating yourself up, then you're much more likely to, you know, not really come to terms with the reality of the situation and how you can slowly start to make different decisions, right? Like you'll almost be trying to avoid yourself because you're being mean to yourself. 
But instead, what if you started to treat yourself like your own very best friend? Imagine doing that. I know that sounds corny, but just work with me for a moment, for real. Like this takes practice. It doesn't happen overnight. For most of us, it really doesn't even come naturally, but that's okay. It's some, it's a skill that can gradually be acquired. So in other words, whenever you overeat, don't beat yourself up. Even if your natural inclination is to beat yourself up, notice that and then say, okay, how can I be compassionate to myself? How can I just demonstrate love towards myself in this moment? Okay. Step number three, decide then what you can learn from the situation. Notice this is so much easier if you're not beating yourself up, right? So when you're open to learning and you're curious, you can then ask yourself all the questions that you want to ask that are helpful to ask. For example, you know, hmm, what was it about that situation that I ended up overeating, right? So this is kind of similar to, you know, the questions that you may ask a patient in that analogy that I just gave you with, you know, the patient that's not flossing, right? So this is where you would then go into questions for yourself. You'd ask yourself, what can I learn about this situation? Now, you might think to yourself, huh, was I super busy at work all day and maybe I didn't stop to eat lunch and maybe I came home starving and I raided the pantry as I was cooking dinner? Or was I snacking as I was cooking and then not even hungry for dinner, but I ate dinner anyway? Or was I at work and then a patient came in with cookies and told me to try one and I didn't want to be rude, so I had one. And then once they were in the back office, I proceeded to eat several more of them, even when nobody was there. It doesn't really matter what the situation is. I just want you to, to kind of hit replay on the situation and, and do it in slow motion. It can be a little awkward to do this, I know, but I promise if you start doing this, you're actually going to be able to pinpoint how was it that you ended up overeating. Now, maybe you're saying, well, look, I, I just really like a particular food. Let, let's just say ice cream, for example. You might say, well, I had some ice cream after dinner and then I felt like I couldn't stop. So I ended up having three servings, right? Maybe you think you have no control over some kind of food. Maybe that in and of itself was what led you to you know, serve yourself more than you would have liked. Maybe you ended up with regrets, but even identifying that you had that feeling of not having control over it or having the feeling of, well, I just like that food a lot. It's just so yummy. Even identifying that can be helpful so that you can start to think about how you might be able to help yourself to have more control next time. Okay. Now let me clarify that when we're open, open to learning from our mistakes, don't make the assumption that that means we're never going to make that mistake again, that by thinking about it in our mind, that that somehow means we've learned our lesson and that we will never repeat that mistake again. We totally will repeat the mistake. Okay. But now we're going to be more on to ourselves. We're going to be more aware of ourselves, so to speak. We're going to gradually be in a position where we're open to making small improvements so that eventually we won't be making the same mistakes over and over again. Okay. 
So it's kind of like, you know, this puppy that I have, of course, she's, she has some accidents in the house and I'm tracking when she eats and she goes potty and she takes naps. I swear it's just like a newborn. And when she does have an accident, for sure, initially, I get a little frustrated. Um, but then I really look at the data, right? Like I try to see if there's a pattern. Could I have anticipated the situation? So maybe I needed to have taken her out a little sooner to go potty, et cetera. You know, and so does that mean when I analyze things, does that mean she's not going to ever have an accident again? No, but it means that we're on track to learning. We're on track to making progress so that we can be making some better decisions, right? So the bottom line is we're bound to make mistakes, but you know, like when you over eight, you can't change that, but you can decide how you're going to respond, how you're going to proceed and what you're going to do next. Okay. Which brings me to step number four, decide the next best course of action. Now this one is pretty simple. It has nothing to do with saying that you have to skip the next meal or anything like that. I want you to think about it in terms of what does my body need? And for most of us, when we overeat, what we need most is to give our body time to process the large meal. And one of the best tips I can give you, which sounds really simple and intuitive, but is not always that easy to execute is to truly wait until you feel hunger again to eat. Okay. I have so many people tell me that they think that when they overeat, they need to skip the me- the next meal or to, you know, work out intensely the next day. I- I'd much rather that you just check in and you ask yourself, like, how does my body feel? What do I need right now? Maybe you need more water. Maybe you need more vegetables at your next meal if you've eaten a really highly processed meal. Maybe you need more sleep, right? Taking care of yourself truly isn't a one-size-fits-all thing. Um, you know, but, but what I want to warn you against is like, don't just eat the next meal at the, the, at the prescribed meal time, just because the clock tells you that you need to eat. Okay. So if it's dinner time and you're not hungry, you know, or very mildly hungry, then pay attention to that and decide how you want to respond to that. I promise you're going to feel a ton better than if you were to just automatically eat when you really don't need more food. Okay. All right. So what have we learned today? Here's a recap. Okay. What do you do when you've overeaten? Number one, you notice that you've overeaten. Number two, you do not beat yourself up. Remember when you beat yourself up, you are not open to learning. Number three, decide what you can learn from the situation. And lastly, number four, decide the next best course of action. Specifically, please wait again to eat until you're actually hungry. Okay. That is what I have for you today, my friends. One last thing, as as I kind of have alluded to, but I'm just going to say it, rehash it again. You will overeat. It is bound to happen. Please don't think that if you're really good at your diet, that you're never going to overeat again in your, you know, a day in your life. That is just not realistic. Look, there are times when we will overeat. There are times when we will undereat, and we just simply have to deal with and respond to these situations and learn from them. And they do not mean that we are bad people. And they do not mean these circumstances or situations rather don't mean that we're not going to be able to lose the weight that we want to lose. These things happen to all of us. Even once you're at your goal weight, you will overeat from time to time. 
So when we learn from these situations, we can start to minimize them and we can make choices that we feel really, really great about. And I know that that's what you want. And I know that you're capable of it. Okay. So one last thing I want to tell you before I wrap up today's episode, enrollment for weight loss for dentist program is now open. So if you want to learn more then please go to my website, drnatanya.com forward slash work with me. You can schedule a quick 30 minute call and just see if the program's a good fit for you. And you know, you can get started working towards your permanent weight loss goal once and for all. All right, my friends, I hope you're off to a fantastic start to the new year. Have a fantastic week and I will chat with you next week. Hey, if you're ready to start taking action towards permanent weight loss, then go download my five secrets where I'll teach you the top five things to lose weight and keep it off without resorting to restrictive diets, deprivation, or even intense exercising. Go to drnatanya.com forward slash start. That's drnatanya.com forward slash start to get started. It's time to make your weight loss goal a reality.